When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride. Your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast is a part of Behind the Steel Curtain's network of podcasts. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, literally anywhere. Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora. Like I say a million times, I'm sure there's some avenues, platforms that I don't even know exist, but I guarantee we're there. You just have to search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. You can subscribe, follow, so that you don't miss a thing. We had so much coverage this weekend, both on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, and on the podcast platform. It's been incredible. It's been a great weekend. It's an exhausting weekend for myself, Brian Anthony Davis, Dave Schofield, the the three of us, and a lot of other people do a lot of work as well. I'm not suggesting that they don't. But my goodness, it is a weekend where on Sunday you feel like your head is spinning. I want to thank every one of you who checked out my podcast on Friday morning. I I listened to it back, and you could definitely tell I was tired. (laughs) You could definitely tell that I was exhausted. It was about 1.30 in the morning, really wanted to make sure I get it done. And it's one of those situations where you just got to press through. And so I was all about Kenny Pickett, and today we're going to talk about the NFL draft. That's what everyone wants to hear. Why? Because seven players are now Pittsburgh Steelers. Seven new players are now members of the black and gold. There's no more speculation. There's no more mock drafts. There's no more rumors. No more reports. Everything is finalized at this point in time. That doesn't mean that all seven of these players is going to be on the active 53-man roster when all said and done. But for everything else... It's finally over. I think I speak for a lot of people, maybe not you listening to this podcast, that I'm just glad it's done. I'm glad that the decisions have been made. I'm glad that we no longer have to wonder, well, who are the Steelers planning on being the next heir apparent at quarterback? When you spend a first-round pick on on a player like Kenny Pickett, you are saying this is the next guy. This isn't Mason Rudolph in the third round. This isn't Joshua Dobbs in the fourth or fifth round. I mean, this this is different. This is different, totally different. And so this is a this is going to be a, a podcast where I ask the question: Did the Steelers make the right moves in the draft? Again, I go back to last week's show. Multiple times, multiple shows, I said the same thing. You cannot criticize these picks now when it comes to the players themselves. 
you can criticize the Steelers and the coaches and the scouts who make the decision of, say, let's look at round one. When they take Kenny Pickett at 20. So there's a lot of people that would have said, wow, there's still a lot of value on the board. And they went with a quarterback instead. And there's people out there that say, oh, but there there were no quarterbacks taken in the second round. It wasn't until, I think, the third round that some other uh, quarterbacks, Desmond Ritter was off the board in the third. I think um, Malik Willis might have been off the board in the third. And so a lot of people are like, well, wait a second. What? You can criticize that if you want. But don't criticize Kenny Pickett when the guy has never even donned a Steelers uniform yet. Let's wait. Let's see what the reports are out of rookie minicamp, out of mandatory minicamp, out of OTAs, and then training camp, which will be at St. Vincent College. You yourself, if you live in the area, can go and look at Kenny Pickett throwing for yourself. You don't have to rely on me. You don't have to rely on behind the steel curtain, although we hope you do. If you can't get there, you can go see him for yourself. In the preseason, we'll all get to see him. We'll all get to see, okay, how, what's Kenny Pickett doing now? Like, what, what is, What's actually happening? And that's, that's going to be something worth watching. But you can't, in my opinion, criticize these players when they haven't even stepped on the field yet. Criticize the organization if you want, but did the Steelers make the right moves in this draft? That is the question that we're going to try to answer. So the one thing I want to look at first is what were the team needs going into going into the draft? So I actually went back in my old trusty notebook here and I found my team needs 2.0. I didn't I normally go all the way to like 4 or 5. I didn't this year. The Steelers went off in free agency before free agency began. Here was my here was here were my team needs 2.0. The top 5 I had center Offensive guard, cornerback, offensive tackle, and inside linebacker. Those were my top five team needs entering free agency. Now, we know that the interior of the offensive line was addressed, both in Mason Cole and James Daniels, and that also equated to offensive guard being addressed. Cornerback, they bring back Akella Witherspoon. They sign Levi Wallace. Offensive tackle, they bring back Chooks Okorafor. They have Dan Moore Jr. there. Inside linebacker, they get Miles Jack. And so a lot of people, myself included, said, wow, it looks like they hit all their team needs in free agency. But still, you had quarterback. They did get Mitch Trubisky. Quarterback was still a team need. Everyone would say going into the draft wide receiver was a big team need. Uh, injecting some youth into the defensive line was a team need. Linebacker, inside and outside, I think we could agree, would be something you want some depth there. Defensive back, cornerback, safety, both could be considered a team need running back, and then offensive line, maybe just to add some depth at certain positions, mainly at tackle. And so now let's go to the picks. Let's see who the Steelers pick. So round one, we know they took Kenny Pickett, quarterback out of Pitt. In my Monday morning conversation, I'm having my friend Chris Carter on, and he is going to help me talk about Kenny Pickett. Chris doesn't just cover the Steelers, and he does the Locked on Steelers podcast, which is phenomenal. He also covers Pitt, the Pitt Panthers. He's covered Kenny Pickett for several years now. If there's one person that I trust with giving me an honest-to-goodness review of what Kenny Pickett can and can't do, it's Chris Carter. He's going to be on the second half of this show, so make sure you tune in. It's going to be a lot about Kenny Pickett and what the Steelers got at pick 20. In the second round and on day two, they take George Pickens, wide receiver out of Georgia, and then they take to Marvin Leal, defensive lineman out of Texas A&M. And I say defensive line because he could be moved all over the place. 
They could have him move to the edge if they wanted in certain situations and maybe rush from there. He's more of a defensive end in the Steelers 3-4 or a defensive tackle, whatever you want to call it. Still, that you're, those are your top three picks right there, Pickett, Pickens, and Leal. Now on day three, Calvin Austin, the third, the wide receiver out of Memphis, who is a burner of a guy. I mean, fun. it looks just looks like a phenomenal football player. I'm hoping not for Dree Archer 2.0. We'll get to that. No pick in the fifth. In the sixth round, they went with Connor Hayward. I could just I could picture everyone's eyes rolling when the Steelers announced in the sixth round they're taking Connor Hayward, Cam's brother, out of Michigan State. Everyone's probably just thinking, oh boy, here we go. Here we go, another set of brothers. If you didn't, if we need four. Now we need four. Now you think about the Edmonds brothers, you think about the Watt brothers, you think about the Davis brothers, and now all of a sudden you have the Hayward brothers there. It's a family affair in Pittsburgh, but still in the sixth round they take Connor Hayward. Seventh round they had two picks, Mark Robinson, linebacker out of Ole Miss, and Chris Oladokun, the quarterback from South Dakota State, with that second seventh round pick. For everyone that wants to poo-poo these seventh round picks, let's not forget last year's Trey Norwood was a player he was a player last pick of the draft for the Steelers was a guy that played significant snaps so everyone says all that Mark Robinson he's not going to do anything how do we know how do we know so let's let's go back to the team needs did they make all the right moves with the pick so quarterback they said they wanted four quarterbacks going into the offseason Sadly, that with Dwayne Haskins passing, that put him in a hard and put him between a rock and a hard place in terms of what positions they needed to address, and they did. Obviously, Kenny Pickett, Chris Oladokun, they added two quarterbacks. They have four now in that room, and suddenly there's a little bit of pressure here. Um, I'm not saying that Chris Oladokun is going to threaten Mason Rudolph for a job, but if he can hang around on the practice squad for this year, Mason Rudolph leaves after this season. He could find that be that third quarterback on the roster in the future. So that's something to keep an eye on. But team needs in terms of quarterback, they 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 check that box. They check that box in the NFL draft. You may not like it, but they did in their own way. Wide receiver, another team need. They used a day two pick on it with Pickens. They addressed it again on day three in the fourth round with Calvin Austin. Again, you may not like the player that they chose. For instance, you might have liked Sky Moore better than George Pickens in round two. The Steelers did not. They liked Pickens for a lot of reasons, and we'll talk about those throughout sort of the course of this offseason. Defensive line, that was addressed with Leal. It's just an injection of youth. That is a really deep position group, so I think adding just one is what they needed to do. Linebacker, I talked about Mark Robinson. I wouldn't say that they really addressed that. They didn't spend an early pick on him, but still they, they brought someone in. You're still going to have Devin Bush. You're still going to have Miles Jack. You have Robert Spillane. You have UG3. Marcus Allen can play there. Again, just like the defensive line, a very deep position group for the Pittsburgh Steelers. In running back, they didn't draft a running back. They did bring in an undrafted rookie free agent running back. Actually, I think two. But don't forget that Connor Hayward, it's not just Cam's brother. This guy's a versatile piece. Mike Tomlin called him a Swiss Army knife. He does that for players that they have big plans of moving them all over the place. He can line up at tight end. He can catch the football. He can run the ball out of the backfield. This is a player that if they utilize him the way he can be utilized and the way they did at Michigan State – He's going to check a lot of boxes as a special teamer, as a backup tight end, as a guy that could line up in the backfield as a fullback, and as a player who could even run the football. 
So again, I think that that was kind of addressed with that Connor Hayward pick. The offensive line did not get addressed. They did sign a couple tackles in undraft as an undrafted rookie free agent, one out of UNC, one out of Alabama. These undrafted players have made the team before. B.J. Finney is an undraft was an undrafted player out of Kansas State. We all know Ramon Foster was an undrafted player out of Tennessee. Just two examples. But they did address the offensive line, not in the draft, in the, in the three-day process, but afterwards when they signed those undrafted rookie free agents. And the, the last one that a lot of fans were really upset was the secondary. The secondary is probably the one that you could circle and say, did they really address it? Now, the offensive line, you could circle that one and say, they didn't address that either. But did they have to? Because they, they spent a lot of time and, and money on that position group in free agency. And so they brought in some undrafted rookies, but the secondary, yeah, they brought in some cornerbacks in the undrafted rookie group. I don't think they brought in a safety. They did sign a safety. If you were like me, you went to bed on Saturday night and you wake up. Thankfully, Dave Schofield was awake. DeMonte Kazee, who had played for the Atlanta Falcons and the Dallas Cowboys, a safety. He's kind of a deep center field safety. They signed him reportedly to a one-year deal. So now all of a sudden they address it in that way. Not through the draft. A lot of people wanted them to address it through the draft. They didn't. They chose free agency. This team is making the moves. Did the Steelers make the right moves in the draft? Well, it's impossible, in my opinion, to address all the needs in the draft. It really is impossible. You only get so many draft picks. The Steelers had seven. Could have had less. If they wouldn't have traded Melvin Ingram away and gotten that uh, six-round pick, it could have been a really, really small draft class. But you can't. It's impossible to address all those needs. And I want something to make something very clear. You know, you listen to Andrew Wilbar. Andrew Wilbar, uh, he's very passionate about the Steelers and the draft process, and he wants the Steelers to agree with him and take his guys. And if it doesn't happen, well, he gets upset. And he's, oh, they should have gotten this guy. Why didn't they? Why are they doing this? I don't understand their evaluation. No, neither do I. But I don't try to understand their evaluation. Let them evaluate. That's why I do what I do. I'm going to comment when the players are selected. But players are always going to be passed on. You could go back to any pick that you, a Steeler fan, feels the Steelers swung and missed on, and you could say, oh my goodness, they could have taken this player and this player and this player and this player. You would literally drive yourself insane. You know, you could think, oh, so they took Senquez Golson out of Ole Miss in the second round in, I think it was 2015. They, could, they passed on this player and this player. They could have been, you know, they, they could have gotten Pro Bowl players. You can always do that. Players are always going to be passed on. You cannot always have that hindsight mentality when it comes to the NFL draft and again I said this leading up to Kevin Colbert's final draft and that is not every pick can be a home run you want them to be a home run but you don't win that way when you're talking about day three draft picks rounds four through seven you are not going to be hitting home runs in that area you're looking for get a couple doubles and if you're a baseball guy or a softball guy you can score some runs with that by by playing that style of ball you have to hit some home runs on day one and two but otherwise, you just have to hope for some good quality picks and get some contributions from those day three players. But when you think about the Steelers' criteria for success, and this is not me outlining it, this was Kevin Colbert prior to the draft where he said they want their top three picks to turn into starters. And so you look at those top three picks here for the Steelers. Kenny Pickett, if he doesn't turn into a starter, that is a giant swing and miss. George Pickens should, if healthy, is coming off an ACL tear earlier in the season. Should be okay, though. George Pickens should be a starter. And then you look at DeMarvin Leal, the third pick. You're, 
he's going to be introduced into that in that defensive front. Will he be a starter? I don't think in year one. Eventually, year two, year three, absolutely. But we'll see. Things can change. We know this. A couple notes I want to get. A couple things I want to get off my chest before I take a break and bring in Chris Carter. First thing is, I seriously do not care about what any other team, especially the AFC North teams, did in the NFL draft. I really don't care. I, I live in Maryland. People know that I hear all about the Ravens fans. Yeah, I'm walking around in my Steelers stuff. and They're like, oh, the Ravens, boy, they hit those draft picks out of the park. Don't care. I really don't care. Do not care who you think was a great pick for the Baltimore Ravens. What I care about is the team that I cover, the team that I follow, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Could care less about the Browns, the Bengals, the Ravens could care less. Let's see the Steelers get their best team together, and then they'll play when they play on Sundays. That's going to be important. And for crying out loud, let's talk about this. This will be a good springboard into the second half with Chris Carter. Everyone wants to talk about, oh, Kenny Pickett. How does he measure up? I listened to a Dan Orlovsky who was on first take on Friday. And I'm, I i don't mind Dan Orlovsky. He, he tries his best. This is a guy that literally ran out of bounds in the back of an end zone for the Detroit Lions intentionally. Well, not, I don't know if it's intentionally, but still. Yeah, I take what he says with a grain of salt. I don't mind him. Get that out of the way. And he said, I don't think that Pickett, Kenny Pickett's, you know, can be compared to a Joe Burrow or a Deshaun Watson or a Lamar Jackson. They can't go head-to-head with them. That narrative is so stupid. It is mind-numbing. When in the world... In what world, in what game, in what league is Kenny Pickett ever going to be on the field with Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, or Lamar Jackson unless they're shaking hands at the end after the game is over? They're not going to be. What you should be saying is, how does Kenny Pickett fare against Miles Garrett in the Browns' defense? Or when you're talking about the Ravens and, you know, you talk about some of the players that they have on their defense, Marlon Humphreys is a good example, or the Bengals defense with Jesse Bates, and they have a very good defense. Talk about that and how Kenny Pickett's going to be able to handle that in the future, maybe even this year. Don't talk about Pickett versus Burrow. Talk about T.J. Watt. Talk about Miles Jack, Devin Bush, Cam Hayward, hopefully Stefan Tuitt versus Burrow, Jackson, Watson. Some of these narratives after the draft are beyond stupid, and that's one of them. So be on your guard, my ride-or-die crew. Don't fall into that trap. All right, when I come back, I'm going to have my buddy Chris Carter on talk all things Kenny Pickett. Monday morning conversation time. We'll be right back. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, my ride or die crew. It is Monday. It is the second half of the show. That means it's time for the Monday morning conversation. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get someone, but when the Pittsburgh Steelers take a pit player in the first round, Kenny Pickett, I said, I'm going to call my buddy, Chris Carter. I'm like, Chris, can you come on? And he said, I got you. So Christopher Carter of locked on Steelers and DK Pittsburgh sports. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. You know, I always love coming back to behind the steel curtain. Heck yeah, man. It's, it's great to have you back. And you've covered Kenny Pickett the last two seasons, correct? Yes. yes. 
I got to ask you just real quick, right off the bat, you're watching the draft. You cover the Steelers for DK and locked on. And first question is, are you shocked that no quarterbacks have been taken at all when the Steelers go at 20? I was a bit surprised because I, I did think that just it's the NFL. Even right. if you don't value quarterbacks that high, somebody gets desperate and someone gets froggy and says, ah, quarterbacks and trades up into the top 15 and goes and gets them. So I, I was a little surprised at that. But when they got all their picks of the quarterbacks, I got to say, I thought they were going Malik Willis, not because I thought Malik Willis was was the greatest thing on earth, but because I just everything that we heard, how much they liked him, how much they talked to him, the senior bowl, all of that, him being a really good dude, all of those things added up. But the more and more that I like, you know, when I was listening to what Colbert and Tomlin said and I was going back over what they said leading into the draft, they laid out the breadcrumbs for you to, to, to say to, to think to figure out that Pickett would be the guy. When asked about, you know, what do they value the most about quarterbacks? Kevin Colbert would tell you accuracy and, and you know being able to see the field. Mike Tomlin will say competitive toughness, running to adversity, all the Tomlinisms. But um, <laughs> but but he, but he would say those things. And when he said that, I retweeted that. I, I I tweeted out that quote and I said, these are very Kenny Pickett traits. And I'm not saying they're gonna go get him because there was no inkling that they were striving so hard to go after him, but it makes a ton of sense because you wouldn't need to bring Kenny Pickett in for some extended meetings because you've had him in your building for five years. So they can spend all the time looking really closely at Malik Willis and Matt Corral and all these other guys in this class. But you know who Kenny Pickett is because you've talked to him for so many years. So it made a lot of sense when they did it. And I got to tell you what I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm like I'm like scoping Twitter out as the live draft is happening and I'm going over things and I just see the picture of Kenny Pickett with the phone up from someone at his draft party. and I'm like, oh, my God, it's about to happen. <laughs> and I don't know if you saw the videos of Pitt fans like hanging out in the south side, just losing their minds to hang out because they wanted to see where Kenny would go, but also who the Steelers would pick. And then when it was one in the same, <laughs> Pittsburgh lost it. Yinzer boom. Head it was, that's what it was. It was a Yinzer boom. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess, and this is something I talked about Friday after the pick was this was the ultimate inside job. And like everything you just said, they did lay out some breadcrumbs, but boy, did they hoodwink a lot of people into not thinking that Kenny Pickett was the least of their worries. I mean, it was even to the point where when pre-draft visits were being talked about, it was, oh yeah. And they've already met with Kenny Pickett because he's a local visit. Right. And you're thinking, okay, well, there are everyone's talking, everyone's headlines behind the steel curtain. Everyone's, oh, Desmond Ritter is in this week. And then it's Malik mm-hmm. Willis and Matt Corral and Sam Howe. And then what do they do? It's like they just said, we knew who we wanted all along. And they got yep. their guy and they didn't have to trade. And I think that's so important. I guess what I want to ask you right now is after covering Kenny Pickett for two years, what concerns you about him transitioning from college to the National Football League? Biggest concern, and I've said this all along, heck, if you were following my work covering his games live for DK Pittsburgh Sports, my biggest concern has been his deep ball. Um, Offensive, he has he has decent arm strength. It's not terrible. But when you start throwing, when he starts throwing those 40, 45, 50-yard bombs, oftentimes he'll put a little bit more air under it because he doesn't have the juice to zip it that far, yeah. and it'll hang. And if he missed on the accuracy, when you're hanging the ball up, you have to be that much more accurate. And that's where a lot of times I'd be like, man, that worked in college, but that's not going to work in the pros because there's D- the DBs will be tighter coverage. They'll be faster. They'll be smarter. They'll be on those type of things. But I do think that his accuracy from the line of scrimmage to about, I'd say, 30, even 35 yards out, that's on point. 
He hits those regularly and he reads the defense very, very well. And he doesn't seem to be shaken up by big moments. Those are all traits that you love to have. And the Steelers love to have so many times that guy, I mean, overtime against North Carolina down to the wire against Virginia, that bit like the, the fake slide in the ACC championship game, and then continuing to put points up in the ACC championship game. Cause people forget that game was 21, 21 at the end of the first quarter. And then pitches kept piling on the points and wake forest eventually folded. But, um, but Kenny Pickett, all those things I think help translate well. If the Steelers can concoct an offense where he doesn't have to rely on as many bombs this this year, if he can throw the ball over the middle, which I think he, that's definitely a place that he specializes in, he will be in a very good spot. He's a pro-style quarterback. He's not going to need too many RPOs to open things up and help him see the field. He already has that. Those are things that I do think translate to the NFL. Week one starter? <laughs> 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 there's the question. Um, I, I think he has, I think he has like a 33% chance to 40% chance of that happening. And that's because again, I think that he sees the field very well. I think he's very accurate. Um, a, would, a that lot be, of this- would, would that be the best thing for him in his development though? You said 33 to 40%. I think that's a fair percentage, mm-hmm. but would that be the best thing for Kenny Pickett coming out of college with all that pressure, being a pit guy, and you're a first round pick, the only quarterback selected in the first round. Is that the best thing? I think he was the only quarterback in the first yeah, round, but only, okay. I mean, no, so, no, no quarterback was selected. That's why I didn't. Third yeah. Round. Right. So do you think I, I agree with the percentage, by the way, 33 to 40, I think that's accurate, but do you think that's the best thing for him in terms of his long-term development? I mean, I think he could benefit from sitting back a year and, and, and seeing and seeing some time. But, but I also think that Kenny Pickett's not going to be in the situation where because he's back in Pittsburgh, there's this added pressure to him. I think he likes pressure. I think he likes those moments. Go back to the Clemson when they had this year. He got hurt at one point and he was down and everyone was just like, oh. But then like some of us up in the booth were like, he's fine. He's milking it. And as soon as he went back out there, the whole crowd goes, yeah. And then he makes some amazing plays to help close out that win for Pitt. Oh, he he's, got, he's got some big Ben in him. Then he does he's have got a little some bit. Big ben he in got him. some feeder in him, man. Like there's a little bit of that in him. And I like, there's a couple times I'm like, Kenny, you good, man. Stop playing with us. Uh, but that's, I think that is who Kenny Pickett is, is that he lives for those moments. And I think that's something that you saw with Ben Roethlisberger throughout all of 2021 he was not a good quarterback last year, but when the, the money was on the line, yeah, he didn't freeze. And when other teams made mistakes, his, his talent level was good enough for him to say, Hey, I'm still cool. I'm chill. I've been here a million times. I'm gonna make this play that's right in front of us because y'all are messing up because you're freaking out in the moment. Kenny Pickett similarly gets really chill in those moments. He doesn't freak out. He doesn't make wild mistakes. He steps up in the big moments. That's what another thing I think that they loved about him. So I think that he actually would be fine if if he was the day one starter for the Steelers. But I also think that Mitch Trubisky's arm strength, I think his athleticism and and his experience will give him an edge. I also think Mason Rudolph's interesting just because he's been on the roster. He knows the playbook. So who gets the most familiar with this offense? Who's the guy that fits what Matt Canada wants to do? That's going to be the question. I, I think Kenny Pickett's biggest thing is, if he makes more smart decisions in camp, if he can throw on the run a bit more in camp, they're going to like that. And they're going to say, we're going to give you a shot here. Uh, but I, I do think this is an, this is an open competition. Nothing is sealed. I, I think Mitch Trubisky would technically be my leader right now, uh, but I would put Kenny number two and Mason number three behind him. 
So when you think about a young quarterback, whether it's this year for Kenny Pickett or next year, we, we see the writing on the wall. You're, he's a first round draft pick. You're going to play him eventually. And so anyone that's watched the NFL for any duration of time, go back to 2004 with Roethlisberger taking over after Tommy Maddox goes down in week two in Baltimore. You need to have the right type of offense and the right team around that quarterback to succeed. You need a good offensive line. You need a good running game. And you need yeah. some weapons to help that quarterback out. I guess my question now is do the Steelers after the draft and after free agency, do they have those weapons in that line to be able to help a young Kenny Pickett if he's called into action, succeed early in his career? Well, I like the assortment of weapons they've got. I mean, I love Najee Harris. I love Pat Frymuth. I think Deontay Johnson, he, if he can step it up and, and, and make sure that he's, he's remains to, he remains on the incline because he took a really good step forward last year, but you saw him fade at the end of the season a little bit with his drops. Um, if he can continue his ascension, he'll be he'll be wide receiver one. I think Chase Claypool just has to get back on the train. We got to see how he develops. I love George Pickens as a second round pick. He was a guy that I had slotted to them uh, in a few of my mock drafts. Um, he's a guy that I think really fits fits their needs, and I think that he could become a wide receiver one in the NFL. Um, you know, in the next few years. Um, I think Calvin Austin is a heck of a pick. I'll tell you, if you're a Pitt fan and you're listening to this, think back to Quadri Henderson in the 2016 run with Matt Canada when he was offensive coordinator. All those jet sweeps, now, Jeff, they'll make a lot of sense when you got a speedster like that who can also play in the slot and line up outside and cook you uh, with really good routes, really good speed. The guy, and the thing is, he's not just fast. He's not a one-trick pony. He is quick. He is twitched up. When you see him move, he can he can get going in one direction at full speed, stop and go the other direction, and defenders who aren't ready for it, they're like, ah, and, and they'll overreact one way, and, and he'll get open for it. I, I think they have that, along with Fryermuth, they have a, a really solid assortment of weapons. The biggest question for me is, does a quarterback fit in, and does the offensive line get it together? Because if this offensive line stinks again this year, it's going to hold a lot of things back. Now, I do think that with, with, with the guys that they have, Pickett, Trubisky and Rudolph, all three of those guys, not fast, but mobile. They'll yes. be able to, they'll be able to escape. I mean, heck, you saw Mason Rudolph in the in the that Chiefs game in the regular season. He ripped like a 20, 20 yard runoff at one point. He can do that. Kenny Pickett likes to run. He likes to put his body on the line. Mitch Trubisky can do that as well. I think that will save the offensive line a little bit more. But the biggest thing for me, can they be effective in the run game? Can Kendrick Green take a step forward? Can James Daniels be the anchor that kind of brings it together? I think he'll be an upgrade over Trey Turner. Um, and can Kevin Dotson get back to where he was when he was tr- looking up as a rookie before he got injured in his second year? And can the offensive tackles continue to grow? Um, the offensive line, to me, biggest question mark on top. I mean, the quarterback's a big question mark as well. But yeah. offensive line, if they if they can put it together – it'll be a lot easier on whoever it is at quarterback this year. Now, before we went live, you said you had a story. You said, have I told you this Kenny Pickett story? I said, save it for the show. So what is this story you wanted to tell? So if you're if you're a pit fan, you probably know this story, but they lost to Western Michigan early in the 2021 campaign. Now, 2021 was supposed to be the year. This was it. If Pitt was ever going to win the ACC, it had to happen this year. And they lose to Western Michigan, a team they should have blown out. And after the game, Kenny Pickett calls a players only team meeting. And it was like, remember the Titans. He was like, he's like, he's like, you, you think you think we good? We're sorry, man. But he called everybody out. He said, we cannot do this anymore. This is our year. We have to take this seriously. We have to make sure that we never lose like this again. They did lose to Miami, but Miami had a really good quarterback in that game and they played very well. And it's also Miami that you can get got by them. But 
they went out through the rest of the year and every single week when we talked to them, they said, we're not, we're not losing that way again. No, 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 sir. No way. No how. And the, the thing that killed them in Western Michigan was the RPO. They played the number one RPO offense in college football in Wake Forest in the ACC championship, gave up 21 points early, but shut them out for the final three quarters. And every single time I asked a, a, any player offense or defense about how they were preparing each week, they said, well, Kenny told us in, after Western Michigan, this is what it is. And that carried, that friend that that, that that program all throughout the season to an ACC championship in their first 11 win season since 1981. That is the Kenny Pickett that I think Pitt, 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 Pittsburgh Steelers fans will love. Pitt fans already do love him, but he's a leader. He's not, he's used to stepping up and he's also just so humble after, after what, no matter if it was a big win, a big loss, uh, a, a tough game, a close game that went down to the wire. Whenever you asked him, he would just be here. He wouldn't, he, he wouldn't be too high. He wouldn't be too low. He's like, you know, Hey, I got, he would stay, he would be very calm. He might make crack a couple jokes, but all in all, he would stay right here. And he said, I got to apply the 24 hour rule. The last game doesn't matter. And when he was starting to break Dan Marino records, we were like, Kenny, you just broke Dan Marino's record. What does that mean? He's like, well, that sounds great and all, but I got to worry about the next team. Like that, that's who he is. And you're going to love his attitude. If you like guys like that, guys that are serious about the game, students of the game that take things seriously and never get too overconfident, that's who Kenny Pickett is. So, And, and, and not being overconfident doesn't mean that he isn't confident because he's very confident. He believes in himself. So I, I think Pittsburgh fans, Pittsburgh Steelers fans are going to love his demeanor. Pitt fans have for several years now. So last question before I let you go. In your opinion, you covered Kenny Pickett at Pitt for two years. Yep. You know a lot about the college game. You study these quarterbacks way, way more than I do. Um, did the Steelers find their next guy for the next decade plus? Or is this going to be a Cleveland Browns type? The carousel is just beginning. What's your thoughts as we sit here right now after the draft just ended? Man, you putting a lot of pressure on me, <laughs> predicting a decade out. Come on, Jeff. I mean, just think me. about if they got their if they got their franchise guy right now. You can think about how crazy that would be. Roethlisberger retires. You might have one year where it's kind of in between, and then you've got your next guy for the next decade plus. I, mean, I know he's twenty four, but that's still young. Good Gord, that'd be awesome. You covered him. Do you think that he has that type of potential? I think he has the potential to be a a mainstay quarterback i'm not so sure he's i'm not saying i don't think he's going to be in the patrick mahomes josh allen top quarterback of the league conversation but i think he can be what jimmy garoppolo and ryan Tannehill and those guys have been to their franchise their, their new franchises yeah. i think that he can be a heck of a leader who makes the right throws at the right times i don't think he'll ever be the best player on the pittsburgh steelers but i do think he will be a very valuable quarterback who continues to make smart plays and if he can build in that direction, he will be such an efficient quarterback that if the team is propped up on defense, has a good running game and has talented receivers, he will be able to take them to the next level. He won't hurt them. He'll 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 help lift them up. Um, I just don't think that he's a guy that can carry the team when everything is down the way that Ben sometimes did with his six touchdown games. So I, I won't say that he's definitively the, the, the heir to Ben Roethlisberger, that he's the next great Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, but I do think he's the guy that will become the starter and at least give you some really good years. And by the end of his rookie deal, four or five years out from now, the Steelers are going to be sitting there saying, Hey, does this quarterback class have something amazing? Or do we stick with Kenny Pickett and we just keep building and you know keep a, make, make, keep making the defense great, keep trying to build the run game and keep keep trying to build uh, you know other parts of the team? I think he's that guy that says we don't need to double dip at quarterback. We'll be fine here. And 
I think he could be good enough, but not great enough to not need a super Patrick Mahomes type of contract and be a, an affordable, good really good quarterback while allowing the team to reinvest the thing, which could be the thing they need in this upcoming salary cap future. Good point. Great point. And great stuff as always, Chris, I'll give you a chance. I could do all my guests to plug what you're doing. Let them know where they can find you on social media, et cetera. Go ahead. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter critiques. You can watch the watch and listen to the locked on Steelers podcast, which is daily Monday through Friday, as well as our bonus episodes and breaking news updates on Apple, Spotify, Google podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. Like our videos, subscribe to our channels, just like you subscribe to Jeff's. They do a great job of behind the steel curtain. For those who don't know, I came from here. I've got my start writing at behind the steel curtain before I moved on. Now I'm at DK Pittsburgh sports and the locked on Steelers podcast, but you can check out all my work. Just like you check out behind the steel curtain. Heck I still check out behind the steel curtain. So, <laughs> You better make sure that you stay up on them as well. He is the only, the Locked on Steelers podcast is the only other podcast I will tell you to listen to. All the other <laughs> ones are trash. Don't waste your time. But you can listen to the Locked on along with Let's Ride. Listen, for my ride or die crew, you know how we do it on Wednesday. is going to be the mailbag. Look for, that, look for that tweet on Tuesday. You can follow me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. It's been fun. And we will see you on Wednesday for another Let's Ride podcast. As we always finish it out, be safe, be kind, and God bless.